When you think about those times of your life when maybe you were picked on, bullied, or sometimes people think there are certain people that are just not the popular kid in school, and it becomes like center of ridicule. Our next guest is going to put this to rest because he takes a parade on where it includes everybody, maybe a little flavor of Mardi Gras and many other different events. It's all for you. It's for everyone. And you're going to see how this engages and brings a community together. That's coming up next on the Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power. People positive. The community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. Oh, welcome, everybody. You know, it's been one of those uh, weeks and times. You know, everything going on, if you're listening to us, it was during the pandemic era. Hopefully, we'll, this will be passing soon. It's 2021, still fall in the Deep South. But uh, again, this is uh, very timely. This is something that you're about to hear that is something that's going to be very striking. When you think of a parade and somebody organizing something that brings everybody on board in your city, and you just pour on in. You do what you want to do. You be you. It's great. In our city, it's called Strut the Hooch. And better to, uh, to open this up with is the parade organizer himself. He's got a great military background, Navy vet, the whole thing. But he's got musical background. He's got education background. He's so much. It is Steve Scott. Good to see it. Finally, finally, you're here. We, we finally have an hour to chit-chat. It's been forever. It feels like we just can never get together because you're a busy guy. I mean, here you are. You're not 80 yet. You're what, 78, I'm guessing? 79. 79. Okay, you're just a year away, so you're still a young guy. and uh, But you keep on moving. But you said to me the other day, you go, Bob, it's this parade that inspires me, and it has. And you've been doing it for so, so long. Even the first year of COVID, second year of COVID, you brought this parade back, and it was a hit. Tell us about that. Yeah, we, uh, we, we've had some... Um detriments to the parade along the way. I, I, I started this. <laughs> you know, uh, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've we got people outside our podcast studio making people faces. People say, you know, everybody. Well, yeah, not he quite does. everybody. But How about that guy there? That's, that's our photographer. Yeah. Um, in 2018, we got rained on heavily. Mm-hmm. 2019, we got rained on heavily. And we still had 200 people from age two and a half to an old lady 84, I say, oh, that's four, five years away, recklessly driving the golf cart and everybody splashing in rain with joy. Mm-hmm. And that's a testament to what I've tried to do. Well, let me give some folks some background on you. First of all, and you can tell us a little bit, you were born in Mobile, mm-hmm. the, the origination, the home of the real Mardi Gras, because people think New Orleans is the place, but Mobile is where... Right. right. So tell us about who you are, how you got here, and how we got to this this parade? What inspired you with that? Well, part of it is uh, the, the parade is like a giant Mardi Gras parade, part uh, Halloween, part neighborhood party. Uh, the the whole idea is to bring people together of every description, every race, gender, uh, culture, and celebrate our differences and our talents and our interest in, instead of shooting each other. Yeah, so uh, that's a, so it's kind of we are the world, right? So you remember the um, the song in the seventies? I'd like to teach the world to sing. Absolutely, became a Coke commercial. I rewrote the words to that, and I'll give you a copy sometime. I'd like yeah. to teach the world to strut. Okay, I love it. Could you do one thing? I'm going to put, put that mic. Could you bring it a little bit more in line where you're talking, just like that, and pull come a little closer, Steve, just a little bit. So people can hear that rich, deep voice of yours. Yeah, that's good. Even push it out. See how that is. Hi, I'm in go. radio. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. What do you think of that, Dylan? <laughs> this guy's got a great voice. He's, he's wonderful. So so people, let me even back up even again. Here you are. You have a big heart. And you're someone, because what we always talk about is community. We, we see so many differences nowadays. You're right. There's so much division on so many levels. This, the, the, you know, Politically, people in this country are fully divided. It's either this or that. And then there's a middle ground. Then there's race, racist issues going on and racism here and there. People hating each other for this or that and the other. You're about planting seeds and going from there. And tell us about that. Well, every uh, workshop, conference, and whatever I've ever been to about people getting along in a neighborhood or a country or uh, racial issues, uh, and not just black and white, just 
religious issues, everything else. Everything has been about fault, blame, who's got to do what. And that's neg- negative energy, and you never get anywhere. Yeah. The other thing is people are afraid to be honest with each other. So, like, here are two neighbors that don't get along. Okay, tell me what your deal is, and I will sit here and listen. And then listen to me, not like the view or people talking over each other. Yeah. And that's how you learn, and that's how you grow. We don't do that anymore. No, it's so just want to scream and shout and mm-hmm. act ugly and cut people. You know, I'm deleting you from Facebook. Yeah, you're right. That, that's what people do. And you, in because of your background, give us your background for a minute, because people got to understand how is this guy who goes from that to organizing this parade that pulls every background, gender, race, whatever it may be. It's a time when everybody celebrates together, and we're talking hundreds of people come in. You you get cooperation from the city. And from a nonprofit with Uptown Columbus in uh, this area of uh, Georgia, and you're you're able to parade down Broadway, go in a circle, go back down again, and everyone comes together for that moment. But we want to keep that momentum going. So tell us a little bit about who Steve is, and then kind of go from there. How this Scott guy comes to town in 1971, and here you are today organizing a good parade at 79 <laughs> years old. I was not a very happy camera when I first got here. It, it was a dismal place and dismal acting people, and you couldn't even see the river, much less get it, get to it. And I thought, the heck have I done to myself? <laughs> but I grew up in a little town that was a lot like Mayberry, uh, Farrell, Alabama. It's always been an artsy, craftsy town. Mm-hmm. From matter of fact, the the beginnings were kind of utopian uh, community. And my mother came over on the Bay Steamer in 1926, Paddlewell, before right, there yeah. was even a road to Fairhope. Wow, because now it's now it's part of 98, U.S. 98. Well, it's always yeah. been on, yeah. on, on, 98, was on, on yeah. 98, but it's on the eastern shore of Mobile. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a cool little town. We, we didn't, when we were kids, we didn't know how wonderful it was. And like mm-hmm. most kids, we were like, I can't wait to blow this part. Right, right, right. And now I can afford to live there. Yeah. And they, they have an arts and crafts uh, festival now that is huge. Mm-hmm. But when it first started, it was just artisans putting their stuff in store windows, like pine needle things and painting and wood carving and stuff. Now it's this big thing. It's, it surprised me they're not Ferris wheels and all that. It's really well done. It's mm-hmm. just huge. And the town has kind of been Disneyized and cutesy-fied, so now everything is, yeah, obey this, and, you know, we had the feed and seed store and the hardware store and the fish house, and, and A lot of agriculture there, because you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baldwin County is the largest county east of the Mississippi, and at one time produced more potatoes than Idaho did. Jeez, I did not know that. What was interesting about that, uh, I started playing in a band in 11th grade, there were all these cultures like Alberta between Foley and Pensacola's mm-hmm. in Germantown. And so there were Poles and Czechs, Italians, and, and everything. So it made a, a, a real rich culture that we didn't even realize at the time. Matter of fact, uh, I grew up with a, a black family, uh, which is really rare in the 50s. Sure. But we were, we were a, a town together. And, you know... I'm sure we had a few stairs, glares, big, yeah. bigots. Yeah, well, bigots. But um, I remember uh, one time this house burned down for this uh, black cup family, and everybody in the town was there the next morning with blankets and food, and that's how we grew up. And so the the black family I'm talking about was uh, a lady with thirteen children. And it was just me and my mother and my sister. We lived in a rental house, and we didn't have any, didn't have a car or anything. And they quote worked for us, but mm-hmm. we didn't have any more money than they did. It was really a survival mechanism for two widows. I didn't. That's amazing. And yeah. and and so um, that's a whole another story. I, I I wrote a story about a wooden biscuit bowl that Rose gave me. And that bowl is now 140 years old. You've got, wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, and you, that's where you get these kind of ideas. But you said something that was kind of a germane point here, too. I thought it was interesting. Because even then, you're not afraid to cross those cultural boundaries. Even back what may have been politically incorrect. You know, I wasn't a 50s kid. I was born in the 60s. I was kind of young and going into the early 70s. I never really saw it growing up in upstate New York where if you're black, white, or whatever, I kind of embrace it. It's kind of neat to see other people's cultures. Uh, you know, I come from an Italian-American background. There's always kind of some kind of big, you know, bigotry or some, you know, stereotype going on. Some kids would say to me, hey, you're, you know, they would say some negative things because you're Italian and make, make jokes, references, you're mafia, you're this or that. But you, you were, you, you, you embraced and you befriended a, a family and a black family and you were good friends and you didn't care what people thought. And it's no. kind of like who you are today. You don't even care yeah. about this parade that you have with people of all backgrounds. You're like, hey. I mean, this brings people together. You're, you always had that sense of bringing people together. I, I'm sensing that. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, um, I went to uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans one time. And mm -hmm. it was, oh, it was, night and day. From, it was uh, scary. Yeah. It was scary. It was fun, but scary. I, I got pressed into a crowd in the French Quarter mm -hmm. so much so that I was lifted off the ground. And I panicked. And then this cop on horseback came in clubbing people and I thought we're all going to die. Wow. And once I got away from that, I didn't get around <laughs> crowds bigger than three. It would three. scar you so, for life. <laughs> so there, there, the no holes barred, everything mm -hmm. goes. Mm -hmm. And I know one of these days, some guy's going to, burly guy's going to show up in a see-through jumpsuit. I'm going to have to say, <laughs> why did I do this? <laughs> yeah. So as time went on, you're the East Shore kid, and I just happen to know some. My, I have um, I have a sister in law who lives there, and I've been down there, and I did. You remember the uh, trail maids and stuff like that that they have from Spanish Fort, Daphne. If anyone knows Mobile, these areas all the way down to uh, Foley, and then there's Fairhope to the north at Daphne. I'm trying to think of all the other ones that are in between. So Spanish Fort, Spanish Fort, Gulf Shores, Orange Beach. Yeah, just when, when I when I was in school, Gulf uh, Shores. I mean, they didn't have a barricade, but they essentially closed the day after Labor Day. There were like two convenience, a convenience store, two restaurants, a couple of mom and pop. Not hotels. anymore. Yeah, it's it's built up. My great grandfather homesteaded six miles mm. on the Alabama Gulf Coast, out of fifty-three miles, and it was worth considered worthless land back then because you couldn't sure farm on it. And had he not so, had so many kids, I would not be sitting here talking to you. I'd be on my yacht in the Caribbean. Oh, I can imagine how much <laughs> that, the value of that today. Oh, Unbelievable. yeah. Well, it it stayed static for years and years and years until mm -hmm. Hurricane Frederick. And then all that insurance money turned over. Now it's all these huge condos and hotels. And mm -hmm. I hate it. I know. You never. You can't believe it how it is today. No. What, what you graduate from high school mm -hmm. down there. Did you go right into the Navy at that point? No, I went to Auburn. Okay. And I spent a year in architecture. Um, oh, you got quite a background. So until a, a series of unfortunate events, and <laughs> I, I changed to music. It's another story. <laughs> well, let's hear about it. I mean, why, why would you? You went from You, you kind of have, I, I just kind of want to know, you came from how many kids in your family? Just two, just me you, and my sister. Okay, you and your sister. And you did you always have like this, like this yearning of to... to just get out. I mean, what made you get out and just go to our, you just went to Auburn. That's, that's a big deal. You're not, a, you're smart. I had, I had no business going to Auburn or college. I had no money. I you got accepted though. I mean, yeah, that's a big well, deal. Well, you know, I was like 67 in the class out of 267. That, that says a lot. Uh, applied. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I didn't have any experience. I was scared to death. And, and I was so shy in high school, I couldn't even talk to people. Can't believe that. Well, I know. My friends say I've grossly overcompensated. But <laughs> for good for good. So, reason. So I uh, went to Auburn, and, and back then, it's a land-grant school like Clemson and Georgia. And so every uh, able-bodied male had to take ROTC, which I hated. But uh, I got cut some slack because I was in the band. But I was delighted when I went to Naval OCS in Rhode Island because I found out I was an E3 instead of an E1. For yeah, pay, yeah so. you got a little education behind you. You can rise the r in the ranks quick. So yeah. um, I worked hard to overcome my shyness, which is another story. And I worked in the girls' dining hall 
Marua. Not a bad, not a bad Ma- gig. Marua. Well, there were seven men to women. Okay. One woman back then, and I figured I had to have an edge. <laughs> So I got a job in the girls' town. Well, That's there were only edge. there were only six thousand students when I first went there. Okay, yeah, okay, and sure. and everybody was fussing because they had just um, raised the quarterly tuition from thirty five to forty five dollars, and I worked in the girls' town hall. All I got was my meals, but I went to school from freshman year, fall sixty one to. I was gradu- just going to say this has got to be early sixties. Okay, graduating in March of sixty five, I went. 14 quarters straight because I didn't want to miss anything. In That's the, when I was born. In the girls' dining hall. <laughs> so a lot has changed. So let's let's talk about that. I mean, you when I hear you talk about it, those, those are some glory days, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. As much as, and we'll go, when you came to Columbus in 1971, you're like, God, the city is just doesn't have what it needs. But somehow it kept you here for all these years. I mean, you didn't run back to Mobility and go back up to your naval areas where you're at or back to Auburn. You, you, you kind of maintain this this here so what is it back then and today or is it the same as far as where we are in the world what do you what does steve scott see that you were inspired to kind of get people together get this prayed because are the times worse today than they were back then would you say i mean weren't you see just as much hate uh, and, well uh, the, different the, there's the hate is we have more division and and more anger and and people less willing to talk we, we had problems back then like um, the first, uh, the first year of integration was in '70, and everybody pretty much behaved. They put the schools together. They had a huge band, and it was very popular. Second year, all hell broke loose, and they were firebombing stores on Broadway. And there was my life was threatened. Um, and why was your life threatened? Well, uh, anytime you have change. It upsets people, and in this case, we had to move from two e- extremes of of style to to a center, and that cuts off traditions that are dear in, in the heart of people, and they, they get angry. And so, I was supposed to have the junior high job, and I was already nervous about that because it was my mm-hmm. first. I, I got off active duty after five years, and I worked for a publisher in New York for a year, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And <coughs> wife number one A, who's one <laughs> I got to hear that one. Well, well, it, was a, it was a wonderful person. We're still friends. Okay, that's her. why we have the A. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, um, I met her when I went to Anna Submarine Warfare School in Key West in '67, and she's a true Cuban conch. That's wonderful great. person, and her brother still practices law there and has two houses right next to that silly monument that's southernmost, which is not yeah. the southernmost point. And I still go down there every February, and we visit and go out good. to lunch that's and good. stuff like that. So um, where were we going? We're going back with where, you know, where everybody was oh, going yeah. back in the So um, when I went back to school to get master's, uh, Connie uh, taught school at Opelika, to help me get through school, and then she got a fellowship in uh, language, and it was my turn, and I looked for a band director job, and so this junior high job was open. But all of a sudden, they said, you're taking the, the high school job. I said, I don't, I don't want the high school job. They said, that or nothing. And so I, wor- I already had the first year jitters, and there, I had to kick out like, 18 students, you know, I had, I had students come in and turn over chairs. and. So where was it, where was your, how did you get threatened, though, at that point? Was this right when you just started in, in this well, college, or was it yeah, before I you had, walked in? Well, f- first time, like the first week or two, this this guy burst into the band room, and um, are, are there any language r- restrictions in the, in the podcast? It, how restri- how restri- any restrictions? No, no, no. no. no he said, uh, I'm up on the podium. He says, I'm here to whip your ass. Oh, that's fine. I yeah. said, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. We're in rehearsal. You know, <laughs> Let me finish, and then we can go up to Mr. Kirkland's office, and you can whip it there. And he and I became great friends, lifelong friends, and he had a Navy background. And his 
his daughter was a majorette, and I thought she had so much promise, I kept pushing her to apply for uh, majorette at Auburn. And finally she said, crying, she says, leave me alone. Well, she ended up doing it. She got alternate, and she ended up being head majorette. Look at that. Changed her life. And so it was one of those things where a story got home about some rift between her and another girl, and by the time it got home, it was something else. Right. But the, the other thing was people just angry about losing things that were important to them. And so the visual aspects of the school, like the buildings and the, and the sports teams and the band, took the brunt of it. One day a guy uh, drove up in a plumber's truck and he says, you need to find another job if you get my drift. You know, things like that. Yeah. Or uh, I've been in the band room by myself during, uh, between classes and the phone would ring uh, and somebody would say, you're going to be a dead whatever if you don't do this or that. And it's not so much at that time. It wasn't anything you were doing directly or you just no. seen a lot of people just, just no, it's, looking it's for people con- were confrontation. angry yeah. because they had to change what they believed in yeah. and what they liked and what their traditions were. And so I had to go right down the middle, so I had it from both sides. And it, it was it was no fun. But uh, my band parents uh, uh, had, a, had a crisis meeting and, and told the students, uh, this is what we're going to do. And, and so <laughs> uh, I, I guess I can say this because he's long past, but the, um, the principal was a good guy, and I liked him, and he, he was a Navy person too. But the first uh, football game, there was so much tension, I figured, probably not very good figure, it would be safer to march the band out and then disperse from there. Well, the parks people turned out the lights because they wanted to go home, and I, this oh. group of thugs uh, came up, slammed me against the car and cut the bass drum heads and knocked some kids down and broke horns. And and so I, I called the principal at home. He says, I don't know what you expect me to do about it. Well, I mean, I'm. this it, is 60, what year is it, 60? 60, 60, no, 61. I mean, 70, 70, 71. 71, but it'd be This good. is the second year of integration. So I said, well, Mr. So-and-so, I will take care of it. He said, what are you going to do? I said, you don't need to know. I mean, if you you've just mm-hmm. abrogated your responsibility, right? You did. You said I don't have. I'm going to take. You know, everybody's screaming about rights. I'm going to take care. I have rights. You mm-hmm. forget. That's right. Teachers have rights, and I'm going to protect my kids. And so I went and made friends with the police department and Russell County sheriffs. Interesting. Okay. And okay. so if there was somebody making trouble at a football game, all I had to do is look down there and go. And they'd come up and snatch them out. And this, if anybody's listening to this podcast, most of you are, Steve did like a wink, like you just would sit up in the stands or wherever yep. your band was, and you would just sit there and wink down at a, a, a police officer. Yep. Bam, you got the response you needed. Yep. They come up, solve the problem. And you're thinking, I mean, you look at that, and you look, you, you just don't think. It's hard to go through. Yeah. Because I felt really alone. And so after... Um, after a couple of days, I recognized the guy that slammed me up against the car. Mm-hmm. He was a student. And I said, who is that? And they said, oh, that's so-and-so. I said, so I swore out a restraining order on him. And um, so the sheriff's deputy came up to serve it in the principal's office. And the principal saying, I said, you need to get so-and-so called up here. He said, what are you going to do? I said, there's a guy who doesn't do you, want to get involved. Do, do you want us to go down there? Mm-hmm. So he came up, and and the man said, are you so-and-so? He said, yeah. He said, uh, this is a restraining order. Do you know what this means? No. This means if you look at Mr. Scott or cause any trouble or come anywhere near the band, your butt's going to jail. Just like that. that was yeah. Good. And, and so what? that's what I had to do, um, which was 
on top of all the other. You know what's amazing? You're you're uh, you know people again that don't see you're you're not like a little guy. I mean you're you're I mean you you're not intimidating. You're very friendly, very soft spoken. Uh, you always been that way since I've uh, you know ran into you and met you and, and all the nice things you do in the community and you dress up and you engage people. You love people. But you never took it the wrong way. Like you never got to the point where you're like, "Well, I'm gonna." You know, I was expecting you to say when that kid did it. I was waiting for you to say, "Former Navy guy here." You took him and you pinned him up against the wall and threatened. You well, ever do that to me well, again? You know, you know but then it's not your approach. It's not some your people associate kindness with weakness, right? And that's a mistake, right? Because you're not weak. No, right. and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and um, there have been times in my life when I ran into somebody that uh, didn't like me. I said. How come you're not like me? I'm a you're the nicest nice guy. guy. Yeah. I can't meet anyone. And today. it was always, when I figured it out, it was always because I was a threat to them or they were jealous about something. Mm-hmm. Which is usually the case in most. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like, I mean, these are children that you'd see in high school or younger, but they're doing this as adults were crying mm-hmm. out loud mm-hmm. in college. And the same, the, um, when, when you're nice, uh, people think they can walk over you. Right. I agree. And if you've ever noticed, uh, bullies, all bullies are cowards. Yes. And when you stand up to them, that's that's when they that's when they fold. And <laughs> have you ever noticed that the people that are the biggest bullies have the thinnest skins? Mm-hmm. Oh, they can't handle it. Yeah, and so you, it just even calling them on their behavior, they perceive as an attack. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah. So I, I, this is the Steve Scott that I wanted to try to find out. I wanted to see how you, you know, where you are today, but where you, the stuff that went through that really kind of came into play. And you're, you're going through this and you see this. As you see it, and you still keep, you, you, you keep discipline. You care very much so for your students. You made sure they were protected. You made sure how they marched out in the band. You do certain things. Anyone listening to it, I mean, when we, have, we go through these things, you're not retaliatory. You operate in a space very much like somebody who is, um, you do you do God's work kind of thing. Like you're like I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna be you know I'm not gonna be a, a, a footstool, which you're, which you're not. You you got business done. If you had to call the police in, you you knew how to engage a relationship. It's almost kind of brilliant in a way. I mean you you didn't fight fire with fire. You did in a di- you did the fire in a different way, but in a more a more smart and calculated <laughs> way. Well, we keep um, peace. We had a really good band we didn't we didn't win any contest or you know major accolades but one of the best compliments i ever got i i heard um i think it was at a columbus regional employee picnic at callaway and one of my former band students was trying to explain to her mother about what it meant to her and she was kind of struggling finally she said mama we were family See, that's you brought that family feeling, and, and in, so right? Right. fifty years later, my my little band students are now sixty seven and sixty eight, and I I rode over Saturday uh, to Auburn to alumni band with one of my students, Mark Glover, and we marched out on the field. At I, I love at it. Homecoming. I, love I call him my C and I drummer. He says, <laughs> "Mr. Scott." And eight steps are going to turn right. Yeah, one e and a two e and a one e and a two e and a one e and a two e. Yeah, there you go. But you, I, you, this, this was you. You just had the love for that. You were, uh, you were a tuba player too, right? Was that one year? What's your favorite instrument? Well, drumming or I, I'm a I'm a, be, I'm a beginning tuba player. Okay, and uh, I, it's I, new. I That's began new. I began in '58. Oh. Uh, and I'm still beginning. Hey, it's 2021. But, it's you know, you're still still learning. I, I don't know if you yeah. ever met Paul Vandergans. He was head of jazz studies at Schwab. I know. I know some of the Schwab music. They're phenomenal yeah. at the Columbus State University. Level, yeah, but I, I, I mean they have people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Chile, incredible! China, it is incredible. Yeah. So you know, I'm a, I know most people on faculty, and I, I just love those students. Yeah. And I I keep up with them, but. Um, Paul Vanagans, when I bought a tuba, he said, why did you buy a tuba? And I said, so I can toot my own horn. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing so, wrong with so that. Like and you know, go. you're a humble guy. You're not somebody who's all showy. But if you could do it through a horn, why not? But And even then, even then, you're not really, you're not, you're, you're speaking through the horn. The noise is making Well, I just, I like to have fun. I, yeah. I, I, I've, we're, we're going in the stands, and I said to one of the two players, name this tune. And I go, 
He said, yeah, that's our tuba part. <laughs> I love it. You know what's inter- interesting? It, it, is it, would it be fair to say, you know, usually musicians and band members, I remember now, and many, anyone listening to when you're in high school and you think of people who played instruments or in a band, it seems like sometimes they were sort of picked on. Is it? And I don't know why. And maybe because I don't know. And I sort of it's remember the same, some of them. the same bully thing, you know. Yeah. Band, band kids are they're not ner- very. They're not football, band, not jocks. Yeah, they're not. Hey, yeah. they're not in your face. They're just band kids are nerds. And, yeah. you know, and a bit eccentric, musically inclined, knows how know, to do. They don't yeah. have to be front. They're very. They're they're confident in themselves. So that kind of goes in that realm. And you, you are discovering this as you're going through this. Is there anything in you as time goes on? Now we're in our early seventies now. You're rolling through this. You're you're embracing these kids. Feel like it's family. You treat them like family. They they are one big unit. And, you know, you find yourself, too, sometimes you feel you're being attacked because, you, you, you know, you guys are not, you know, you're not, you're not the, maybe the, the popular kid or the cheerleader. Or not, not picking on cheerleader. I don't want anyone to think I'm doing that. But I'm just saying, but you know what I mean. It, it's the band doesn't have that same popularity status. But you bring that home, though, as you do today. And even at 79 years old, you still have that heart and feel for those. And you kind of bring it out in a community even beyond... This, well, the school band. You're, you're I, seeing people that need that love, too, in a community. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a, a matchmaker, not a romantic matchmaker, but I love to bring people together for the, the greater good. So when I taught band, I got real close to the cheerleaders so the band and cheerleaders could have signals and work together. Right. And right. sometimes at band practice, we'd take a break and go to the edge of the cliff where the football team was and a little pep rally for him and, and see and, now I, was ma- I didn't want to use a cheerleader reference I was making yeah, fun but, of but, but this but, is a good uh, point we uh, I took the band to Disney World which was the first trip I think Central High Band ever did and I took the cheerleaders that's fantastic and this this is in Alabama so people know Central is the Red Devils that's their yeah that's their now mascot the, yeah. now the Red Devil Regiment. There you go. Right, I love it. I love it. And they, they have quite a history. of great football team, great band, yeah. everything. You guys got a great marching band, everything. But and you kind of led that way. You led you led the way. Where what did you do? When when did the concept come? Where you're always like this matchmaker, like you said, and, and anyone try to get some ideas, like from Steve. You see the good in everybody. I, I, I notice that. I mean, even the way you embraced me over the years. I mean, you you can't approach me. You 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 can't not like Steve Scott. You just don't, you just have a very Some people. <laughs> No, but no, but you have a very laid you have a very comfortable, very you're just very laid back person and you and you got a good you can feel your spirit around you. You're just a you know, big big guy with a big heart, a teddy bear, you know, but you but what is it that you would love to see happen because we were still having those same issues like you just said back in the 60s and 70s we get integrate the schools. We're still dealing with people giving you funny looks. We're sort of out of that today, but we're we're not though. I have um, I have an idea that uh, it's forty something years old, and and I've pitched to a lot of people, and it's never taken off. Well, let's talk about but, this. Yeah, um, what can we do different? I had uh, a good friend who's a drummer, okay, uh, bald-headed black guy, looks like Mr. Clean, okay, Ike Alexander, and during a period of singlehood. I had no furniture, and he'd come over to my house, and we'd set our drums up and drink beer and uh, have drum battles all day long. And we talked about race relations and why it, w- it was so difficult. So he and I and, and a preacher, Greg Blue, who, who at the time was at ML Harris or one of the big churches, mm-hmm. came up with this idea. Uh, I, I forgot what you call it when you have letters this way that spell each each one has something acrostic or something okay so yeah. so this was respect so it was respect uh, empathy whatever yeah, what, yeah it's and, a, and, I think and so kind what, of. what we noticed was every effort top down didn't work and it was all negative energy so we thought okay uh, this came from my mother because uh, she said you'd be nice and I'm like mama Stop it. Yeah. And so if I would have be troubled about something, I'd go, meow, 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 meow. 
And she'd say, you need to go do something for somebody else. Good for her. And I'd say, no, you don't understand. She said, no, you don't understand. You need to go do something for somebody else. Takes it off of yourself. Yeah, That's so my podcast, Take It Off of Thyself. Bring yeah, it into so somebody and make i got to show you these little business cards I made mm-hmm. one time. If, if I greet somebody in the parking lot and they're grumpy, excuse me, <laughs> I hand them this card and says, I'm wishing for you a most excellent day. And on the back it says, we're all travelers on the planet Earth. What would it be like if we simply did no harm? Wow, that's good. So that's fantastic. So that's that's where it came from, and and I I just like the energy synergy. Mm-hmm. Like three years ago, um, I went to the symphony and the youth orchestra and the army band. The army band had a, a new commander and a new first sergeant. So I went to all three of those, and I said, "I'm I'm volunteering to be." Your unofficial community ambassador. They're like, they <laughs> the heck that. is that? <laughs> yeah. I said, just open yeah. doors. I said, anybody can pick up the phone and call That's anybody right. else. But sometimes it's not easy. Uh, uh, who to go to, or you don't don't know what to say, or whatever. So I I took Kristen Hudson, who was the marketing director of the symphony at the time, out to meet the, the new band leadership. And usually when you're dealing with the militaries. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chesapeake, for right. coming by and we'll be in touch. You yeah. know. It was like Roman candles went off in that room. And they we're talking about protocol office and retired generals and wow. uh, uh, joint concerts. And so I took Stephanie, uh, who's executive director of the youth orchestra, because I knew some mm-hmm. of the principals out there. So I went out there and helped her recruit, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love that you did this. And, and now it, we're in an area that's called the Chattahoochee Valley. People call us the Chattahoochee, because it is. The Chattahoochee River runs here. It runs mm-hmm. in North Georgia, comes all the way through Atlanta, metropolitan area. And, and then there's some dam lakes all the way through, you know, for flood control and power. And it comes all the way down here through Columbus, Georgia, and then eventually exits out through Florida and the Gulf of Mexico. But what we love about Strut the Hooch, this whole thing comes about. So here you are a music guy, music lover, band teacher, pulling everybody together, and, and you're, you're, you you embrace these relationships, you're trying to pull them together. Strut the Hooch comes into play. When did you ca- come up with that that whole idea? What, what, and when we say strut, you think of strut, like you're strutting your stuff. And this is kind of, it it's, it's a little it's, wacky it fun. It's, it's strutting wh- your stuff, stuff on the chat, actually Broadway. but Broadway, you know, yeah, we, yeah. But um, I, I still can't... Um, I believe I talked Richard Bishop into doing this. And this is a, and this is a non-profit, as a people yeah, know, that was a Uptown Columbus. Like, a lot of cities have yeah. their Uptown. Well, Uptown Columbus was created essentially to save downtown mm-hmm. in the, the late 60s and early 70s when there was flight to the suburbs. They just built uh, Columbus Square Mall, and downtown was decaying. Mm-hmm. When I came here, uh, Broadway looked like big city New York. Not many trees. You see so pictures like that. Yeah, it really did. But it was ugly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, uh, so um, some of the leadership in Columbus were really, really worried that the whole downtown would fall, just fall to pieces. Uh, you probably know that they were going to knock down the Springer in 1964 for a darn parking lot. I did not know that. That's a and, darn good thing he didn't. That's a, a historical short, building. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, I'm writing a book that's going to take me two years uh, about how we get got to what we have now and who we are now. And it was on the backs of some key people in the beginning that had the vision and the courage to make it happen. And it's called The Emergence of Columbus. Love it. So at one time, the the uh, trade center was threatened. Uh, that's <coughs> yeah. a Civil War foundry. Sure, yeah. And one arsenal place uh, made cannonry. Uh, W.C. Bradley owned it, and when they moved their foundry operation north part of town, there was a debate about what to do with do with it. And uh, some people were saying, well, it's just ugly, old, tear mm-hmm. it down. Right. And there was an architect named Roger Deadwilder 
who believe it ought to be something. And back then we didn't have a convention hall. And so it was hard for uh, Chamber of Commerce to try to do anything. I remember when they first started talking about tourism here, I'm thinking, who'd want to come here? (laughs) If anyone in the city now look it up, it's incredible. um, Because of my architectural background. Yeah, you start as architect Auburn yeah. and you end up becoming so I'm a band walk, teacher. I'm walking down yeah. um, you a lot of background. I'm seats. walking down 10th Street right where Gallery on 10th is and there was a guy caulking a window or something. I don't know what he was doing and I stopped to talk to him because you know, I talked to everybody. Mm-hmm. It was Harry Kaminsky. That's a pl- he owned the Rankin mm-hmm. and I kind of said, what are, you, what are you doing? He says, I'm fixing this old gal up. And he looked up and he said, I got to tell you, people think I'm nuts when they talk about me behind my back. And this stuck with me for 50 years. Wow. But I know what we could be. And it's people like him and Roger and Janice Biggers and Clayson Kyle and Bill Turner and Buddy Nelms that, that took a chance and knew uh, in the, I think it was the 80s, uh, they're going to knock down the train station. What I didn't know was uh-huh. in 1962, the city had plans on the books to demolish 187 houses south of 9th Street. That's like the whole historic district. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine it today? Oh, my God. Yeah. It would never be the same. If anyone sees our historic district, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Brick, yeah. They left the brick roads in some areas. On the, the streets, I mean, it, there's... The culture and the history there, and that the so uh, so oh. Janice Biggers and Clayson Kyle and some other people were so alarmed, they they went to Savannah and met with uh, somebody who had been big in preservation there. He mm-hmm. told them how to create the historic Columbus Foundation and apply for grants, and and the rest is history. But it's been over sixty years, and that's the book I'm writing. Oh, what uh, an incredible thing. When, yeah. when, when I finished with the final, so I've, I've interviewed Virginia Peoples, Janice Biggers, uh, General Carmen Cabeza, Matt Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, These are some big names of anyone yeah, that kept us. Uh, Bill, Billy Turner, mm-hmm. uh, on and on. And I've got some great. And generous people, too. They Great backstories. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's been very supportive and very enthusiastic and um this is funny because, you know, I keep thinking of, uh, I'm not from here because I wasn't born. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the River Club one time. This, I shouldn't say blue-haired lady anymore since I'm now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she, she came up and says, what John Russian are you? And I didn't know what she meant. I thought, what? what is that? And she tottered off. And a few minutes later, another one asked me the same question. And just kind of right, right. ticked yeah, me off, right. you yeah. know, like, yeah. oh, are you the uh, Greenville Scots come down from Greenville? <laughs> I'm thinking you came from there. Yeah. Oh, who was your mother there? And then Louise Tennant. You didn't have any business being there, child. Yeah, yeah. 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 Louise Tennant, who used to write for the paper, mm-hmm. came up and asked me the same thing. I said, eight. <laughs> and she goes. <laughs> Couldn't understand that. She was trying to calculate. That would have been before Columbus was sure. founded. And she mm-hmm. finally she wandered off, but. Did you know that Columbus is four years older than Chicago? I did not know that. That's you know, there, there I were, did not there, know that. There was a city in Chicago, but yeah. Columbus was incorporated. In We're talking about Chicago, Illinois, right? 1828 yeah. right. and Chicago in 1832. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't. You know, we have a rich history of the, the mills here. The, mm-hmm. During the Civil War, they were building uh, at the Trade Center. That's where they... There were cannons that were developed, and cannonballs of ammunition was, was shoes, shoes everything. The textile, we, at one huge point, textile. At one point, we were the second largest producer, producer of textiles in the country. It's hard to comprehend. And you know, cannons yeah, after um, Lowell, Massachusetts. In wow. fact, Columbus called the Lowell of the South. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that when that part of the industry left, they had to bring back other industry to do that, which is now positive because even with that change and transformation it'd be nice to have that kind of blue collar industry today but it didn't survive it 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 changed with times and where everything's going but now 
the great thing with Steve Scott, here you are, and you're you you still you're never leaving. Okay, you keep saying you weren't born here, but you pretty much this well, is your I, this is your you this know, is your home, your uh, life. I wouldn't. It's so exciting now. I wouldn't want to. Live no, oh, it's incredible. We have the it, longest yeah. whitewater rafting. Yeah. Um, we have blue heron experience, which is also part of a, a zip lining that you can go from here to the state across to Alabama there and are back. Like, that forty or more things, and oh, and keep going on. Think, and they mm-hmm. kind of think this all just happened in the last five or ten years. It didn't. Mm-hmm. No, this this is time. Right. Yeah, and well, uh, I could say from when I first came here in 1991, and I had left. You know, I was out west. I was in, out west in Nevada, Arizona. My wife's family's here. She actually graduated from Central High School, where you taught band. And you know, you when I left when I was here in the early 90s, it was in that transformative kind of approach. The river walk, just a teeny tiny part of it, started to get constructed down in you know South Commons and a little bit over by Dillingham. They did some river fest there and. And it was it, you know, whatever. And they had all these dreams and play. You heard about it, but that, like that. was a, that was an example of yeah. making a silk purse out of a sour sow's air because yeah. we were faced with a critical problem: uh, unfunded mandate from a new state environmental agency that was so new they didn't even have. They said clean it up, but they didn't even have any rules or regulations. Wow! And uh, so, so it was about the. Com- Buying sewer that downtown would overflow in torrential rains. So they put this. They put the river walk on top of the sewer sewage line, right? Or well, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're doing for time, but um, so they had this crisis, and Bill uh, Billy Turner, who's not related to Bill Turner, mm-hmm. who was president of the Waterworks, and some other people said, you know, what are we going to do? And so he said, you know, if, if we're going to tear all this up, uh, mostly downtown, you know where that little park is mm-hmm. over by Fred's Tire? Right. That's a huge uh, processing plant that, that Columbus invented as a prototype. And we ended up getting $20 million from the feds to develop a prototype to handle all this stuff that's now used across the country. I'll be darned. See, that's a big deal. Yeah, and so so when they're building the Riverwalk, they they started digging at uh, Woodruff Park. This is one of the backstories. They found this black toxic goo because there was a Columbus mayor back in 1840 or so that was very progressive, and he wanted Columbus to be one of the first cities to have gas lights, street lights. Mm -hmm. So they they created a wood-fired plant and then later moved to a coal-fired plant, and nobody thought about hazmat stuff right. back then. Yeah, sure. And so when they found it, it was on um, gas company land. Ah, and okay. I, I can't tell you what transpired from there, but there were screaming and shouting and lawsuits. And oh, I can imagine. I can imagine and then too. they had to go through. They hired John Leupold, who is a retired CSU professor and historian, to do the research of... At what point of all this uh, absentee landlordship, like New York Power Company and all that, to to fix the blame? And it it ended up costing $8 million to fix that problem. It's incredible. And you have now seen the engagement of the city, how they got progressive. They built all these great things. It's more, more family friendly. It's, it's, there's so much going on right now in and now you got this parade going on. And we're going to yeah. end this in the last few minutes. Let's talk about this parade because what you now have the city that Steve Scott wants. You, how could you not, you know, even embrace it? Yeah, so you have the forum to, to bring this together. Yeah, when uh, the first year we had the parade, it was just Columbus Comic Parade. We didn't have any identity or anything else, and only twenty six people showed up. And I, uh, I thought I could just hear Richard saying, "Man, this ain't working." He said, "Yeah, let's do this every year." I said, "Really?" He said, yeah, we started market days with eight people that didn't want to oh, do it. Oh, you can't even move on Broadway yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we did, and so the next year we had 100, and then 200, and then we would have had bigger crowds mm-hmm. year four and five, but we got rained on. So that... When you say that... The, is the, it, the, yeah. the, the most recent we had, uh, I had some of the clip counter, we had 353. That's so create the identity, the branding of the parade, me as an aging leprechaun, but kind of that in the 70s, keep on trucking, uh, hippie 
Tell, tell us about all the people who come. I mean, this is, yeah. and if anyone wants to do this in any city, if anyone's inspired to do this, in this day and culture to, to plant great seeds, to bring in every, everyone together for positivity, community, this kind of involvement, what kind of people are showing up at your parade? Everybody. That's what's so exciting. Give me an example of some of these everybodies. Well, uh, in 2019, you know, we had 100 people, uh, 200 people splashing in the rain from a little girl two and a half to a 84-year-old lady driving a golf cart up on the curb. <laughs> and, you know, uh, every age, race, description, gender, color, and, and that's what's exciting. Part of this is there's some big parades around the country, the Duda Parade in Pasadena and the comedy improv group um, Gross National Product used to sponsor the Gross National Parade in D.C. And it was hilarious, but it was political satire. Okay. And some of the things I can't even talk about <laughs> now. And I, I recognize, even though we're coming up on being 200 years old, that we we're still a little sensitive, so yeah. So you have to keep it, but but it's but it, it's like you're so, not. So I've tried to make the personality like Gary Pound's thing of all the downtown de- denizens, that kind of feel and personality. A little okay. wacky, very creative, very accepting, very we are the world. I love it because you're 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 seeing a little bit of every color. Every background, religion, race, uh, maybe and even somebody how they, you know, different kind of, but 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 everyone's loving it. They're having a good time. Who's wa- you know they're watching this parade. You got you got market days on Broadways or people that use yeah. little tables and they vend some of their own personal things they're selling, jewelry or maybe it's food items, paintings, whatever it may be. And then you envision this strut the hooch. You're dressed as the aging leprechaun. Somebody may come in there on stilts, or you know, it, yeah. it, I don't want to say it's like a it's it's a wacky fun parade to embrace all walks of life. Is that uh, it's it's uh, people say, well, what's the point? And I said, well, you know, we've got all this anger and meanness and division in the world. I wanted one thing where we could all come together and and talk about and display and celebrate our differences and talents and interest in creativity instead of shooting each other yeah and and so that's that's the whole thing how do you get people you know your advertising how do people come how do they enlist in this how do you you know when you think of parades you have to fill out forms you got to get out in columbus okay so how does this work like somebody else well i I have tried to make it so simple all all you have to do is send an email who you are what you want to do they won't do that people in columbus dislike to show up okay and so why, and so, so, <laughs> so it's I, becoming a trendy thing. I mean, you said yeah, you hit a so, counter 353 from well, 27 on the first one. This is this is great. Yeah, so uh, what I do is uh, I work with the traffic division, the police department, and they allow us to block off some parking spaces and inside lanes on First Avenue. And I have staging areas with signs and, and staff, you know, music, costume pets, vehicles, floats, so that is included. It's not just people strutting on their feet. They could be in a vehicle. They're in the golf cart. You mentioned yeah, we've, that. Yeah, we've had we've had we've had golf carts and vehicles and motorcycles and uh, floats and so I I put the jump tower brass from the army band first and then our banner, which I created the logo and the colors and all that. Our majorette, who's okay. a fifty three year old, fifty two year old FSU graduate, and She's doing three batons. Because people got to know that's where the circus, the, sh- the circus yeah, yeah. came and, from Florida State University. And, and then uh, me, the Grand Marshal Leprechaun. Then I have a, on my staff, I have a retired MP who's, who's uh, got an outside voice and a whistle, and he stands in the middle of that intersection and, and he thinks, okay, I need, I need some colorful people, I need some music, I need uh, my staff just moves them up. And, go and then we end up with uh barky the fire dog and the fire truck that is fantastic is there any time you get to kick anybody out for being disruptive or is it just really not attracting not yet so it's interesting because what you see is like good begets good positivity begets yeah. positivity you get good positivity it seems like the vibes that you're pushing out are bringing them in you're not getting what happened to the old days when you were 
the band teacher getting pushed against the wall or kids yeah. being harassed and bullied. This is far from that. You're not seeing that in 2021. Well, you know, I had our mutual friend, Nicole Sanders, uh, ask her to do some, she, she did 13 uh, participant interviews. What do you like best about the parade? Mm-hmm. And um, it was, she did a really good job. And people were saying the, the colors and, and the smells and all these different people and and there's so much joy and we're fun. And that's, that's what it's all about. Bring it back. It's funny how this... Yeah, this, it's yeah. just my passion project. I'm probably two grand in the hole at this point. Uh, that's that's over, it. Over the, but Heck of an investment yeah. for something good. And now we're, we're, we're quite, you know, we're triple, more than triple, four times, yeah, five I, times. I did... Uh, greater... A, after a couple of years of trying, I participation did I get say. a night grant for $2,500 through the Community Foundation to uh, for advertising. So we had electric billboards, we had quarter-page ads in the paper and Columbus in the Valley and all that, and that really helped. If anybody's listening in any other city, and maybe don't they don't have a similar story to your story, the way, you, you know, what kind of brought you into the place where you're at and embracing positivity in cities and seeing them grow and doing good things when you thought when you arrived, like, this, what's this going to do? But you you stayed in for the long haul. You obviously had a purpose. There's no, I, I really believe that. <laughs> Rick McKnight calls me yeah. the ambassador of Columbus. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could see him saying absolutely. I mean, you 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 as much as you've been here when in many had, years. When I had this idea, the first person I went to was Paul Harris, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, what's what do you think? He said, great, go for it. And you had Richard Bishop, who was it? The people understand he, these people. These are like people who he was like the CEO of the Uptown. Columbus, there's like there's Uptown LA. There's different cities have their the, the people who try to preserve their yeah, it, their and, downtown or uptown areas. Yeah, it, it was really created to save downtown. Yeah. And so w- w- this is and, and this is a wonderful way again to bring people together at this time. It's it's once a year. Mm-hmm. Is it something that could be biannual, or is it? Is this a, do you think it's more? Just Lord, I don't know. I don't know if we <laughs> get to that. I, point. I've created a, a monster. It's, it's a happy monster, but they're yeah. I, I need to get some help. There are like three so million pieces, and and the night before, people were calling the clown bus that has a flat tire. What are we? <laughs> or can you get me a bassoon? And I'm, I got a tuba I can play right now. Yeah, <laughs> tooting your own horn again. There is. Well, Steve's we had, uh, stack we, we down had the road. Ken Bailey who, who took my wife's place as organist at St. Luke. He, he was a tuba major. Started out at Jacksonville State in Alabama. Uh, the last parade, he brought his tuba in, and it. Or buddy the L suit. It was wonderful. So I just love to see. I have a million ideas that people get stuck, but I'd love to see what people come up with. Absolutely. It's, it's like um, it's like people. Jason McKenzie and and Jason Gamache's DeLorean and his Marty McFly suit. I mean, that's cute. That's unique. It's neat. Like it has a little flavor of Halloween, Mardi Gras. Yeah, and, and a few we, other. It's we like had the um, anything goes. We didn't get the guy with the with the. Um, action figures on. I had talked with him, and he said he was coming. He he didn't come, but uh, we had this model a s- sedan black Ford with Columbus Police Department on it. Mm-hmm. it. Took me two years to find that guy, <laughs> and it's Lamar Beck who who owned Goo Goo Car Wash. For crying out loud, which is a huge car wash facility down here, which they wash for you, or you can go to the yeah. automatic and, and the, for years. the guy that has. Um, Sandman, mm-hmm. Philip Hoffman, he has the original Mayberry police car. I can, you know what's really bizarre? And he said he I was met be Bob. He's a great guy. He, the sand, uh, he, he, I could see him doing this stuff. Well, yeah. he, he said it was coming. I, I guess he forgot, but he, he has a collection of stuff. And that would be this cool was, to see in a parade. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm still hoping we'll have some Blues Brothers one day, you know. What do you think? Dylan, was that the I think, yeah. I mean, if you ever need a drummer or anything, you know, I got Don't, you. He can be part of it because you, you'll take anything. You'll take people doing band instruments. Oh, yeah. you, uh, drum lines. We had the Hardaway drum line. And they came hits. one time. Why didn't you do yeah. it? Come on, brother. You can do it. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to see. I used to do um, the, I think, Veterans Day parade down here with yeah. Russell County. Okay. That was fire. That was fun. That's cool. I, I mean, which, we need which, more parades down here. What do you think of this parade, though? What, what would you say? Could you see this? This is this. You, you've been. It's not New Orleans style Mardi Gras. We're not talking about that. But but it does have a little bit of everything. And and anybody. I'm down for it. I'm I'll, down for any type of parades. Honestly, had, uh, I've been working with uh, Winsett 
Oh, great. Which uh, is the Western Hemispheric Institute of, this is out of Fort Benning. They bring yeah, military yeah. from around the world. So I've talked with Adele Duncan, who's a community relations person, for two years. And uh, to encourage, they couldn't do it under the WinSEC banner, but to encourage dependents from all these Central and South American countries to be in the parade and traditional rest of their country. And I've had friends like my friend Sitzka Johnson, who was a, a judge. She wore her, she's from the Netherlands. She wore Dutch outfit with the wooden shoes. Oh, I can see I that. I had a friend from Liberia and one from Panama. But I don't know what, I, th- I think they had some kind of um, crisis on Fort Benning. I didn't have any of those. But two of those uh, countries, I think Guatemala and Mexico, have dance troops. Big swirly oh, we can use that here for our yeah. strut to hooch. And so oh, I was, yeah. I was working with her and Christian Ortiz and Mimi Woodson because mm-hmm. um, they had the Latina Festival that day. Right, because Mimi and Mimi is one of our city council members, and, and Christian Ortiz is big in the Latin uh, yeah. community. He's a great and, photographer. And uh, Cesar so. uh, Bautista. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you, next time you go in there, walk down and look at the photo on the on the wall. I took that photo of La Quilla Beach. Oh, nice. And I showed it to him on my phone one time. He says. Oh my God! I said, "What?" He said, "That's where I grew up." Are you so I had a, wow. I had a big print made and had it matted and framed, so it's on the wall. Fascinating. You you got such a deep, rooted kind of cool history, big heart, and it all comes together here, all these years later when you first arrive here from the eastern shore of Alabama. Steve Scott comes in here, and plays a really critical kind of ambassador type role to the city of Columbus, Georgia. And there's anyone else listening out there, and you feel like that's something you'd like to participate in or do something like this, why not engage your community in something fun that would be something that everybody can participate in at many different levels? And uh, like Steve said, Columbus is one of those cities where you don't really plan. You just show up the day of. Yeah. It's been we, working out. We have out. A, yeah. a Facebook page for the general public. So tell us about that. We'll, we'll promote it here. There are probably uh, 900 members. And then we have a Facebook group. And the group is for participants, and the difference is you have to ask to be in the group, but that's how we put out all the information. Okay. Uh, what you need to do, you know, rules and, and everything else. But, but, but we still have people. I had a guy show up one day in the middle of everything. He says, where's this going to be at? <laughs> I said, possibly somewhere around all these clown superheroes and those two giraffes over there. <laughs> <laughs> got to see this. This is good stuff. We have a story at, right here at WRBL.com. Nicole Sanders did it. It's called Strut the Hooch, if you'd like to see a little bit what Steve was talking about when she was uh, discussing some of these uh, great stories of some of those participants in the parade and those who had seen it. And uh, you can go to Facebook, which is Strut the Hooch. And mm-hmm. uh, the way it's out, Strut, S-T-R-U-T, the, T-H-E, yeah. and Hooch, H-O-O-C-H, playoff of Chattahoochee. Because it's yeah. real closer to Chattahoochee River. And then the group is something like Strut the Hooch Facebook group for participants. Okay. But it's easy to find. Okay. So we'll have all that there right here at the bottom of our page. I, I think we yeah. were uh, originally uh, Uptown Columbus used this to kick off market day season, and it's part of Art Beat, which is a two-week celebration. Okay. So hopefully we'll be back on track uh, in April uh, it's always been the first Saturday in April to kick off Market Day, so I hope we get back on that. Well, hopefully we can bring other cities in this same kind of space, which we're doing, and despite yeah. how your story would be to bring it in, it's about positivity, community give back, yeah. and showing everybody should love one another, and let's stop this we, craziness I, of fighting yeah. and arguing and not letting people talk, listen to one another, as Steve I, said. I know. Um, yeah. The um, I firmly believe this could be destination event. I believe you. And uh, we've had people from Montgomery, Auburn, up like LaGrange. Uh, I had uh, part of the seed and feed abominable marching band from Atlanta. I uh, love and, it. And I don't know if you saw them. They no, I did wear not. Wild, yeah. wild costumes in there. They're just wacky. I, so I told the lady, I said, you're from the same planet as the Strutters are. <laughs> and they, they came. And I usually they charge a lot of money, and they wouldn't charge me. They said, no. We wanna. They called me and said, I want to be in the parade. And I said, I'm sorry, it's just a million. I don't have any money. They said, no, you don't understand. We want to be in your parade. That's fantastic. What does that say? 
that, that says that speaks volumes. Steve, community. community. Yeah, you you can you totally transformed that that whole approach, and I think you're going to get more people to embrace that. Good for you. Yeah. You got a big heart. We're glad you're still here. You got many many years to follow. We look forward to your book in two years too, because we're going to talk to you more about that once you get that book finished and. I'd like to hear more about that. And you're inspiring others around the country. And we want to thank you for being here today, Steve Scott. We're over an hour, too. I mean, we I told you, look how easy that was. I mean, we had a lot of <laughs> stuff. I know. See, it was, it was nothing. A conversation with Steve Scott. Thank you. Share this podcast. Get people engaged today. No matter how you get there, you can find a way to bring people together. Is it through a parade? Maybe. Maybe not. But I'll tell you, this is going to be the precedent setter for other cities around the country. Great for you. Thank you, Steve, for everything you do. The ambassador sitting right here in front of me of Columbus, Georgia. It's really good. Okay, so uh, again, check out this podcast and many others every Wednesday here at WRBL.com. You click on the podcast play zone. You can get it that way, but you can also get it through, ready for this, through Apple, through Spotify, and iHeart. These are other ways you can connect with us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to catch me right here on Twitter, B. Jeswell WRBL, Facebook, Bob Jeswell WRBL, and Instagram, B. Jeswell WRBL. Get engaged, get ready, strut the hoot, strut your stuff, why not? Be a tuba player so you can toot your own horn. And always remember, give back. Take it off of thyself. That Steve said, Steve, it's right online. And you, just like your mom said, Steve's mom said, take it off yourself, Steve. Quit whining. Go give something back to someone. And he's doing that today at 79 years old, and he continues. See you next week.